0: In chapter 19 of the book of Exodus, the people had a frightful experience because they're at the foot of the mountain and Moses had gone up. And it said in in the book of Exodus, on the morning of the third day, there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud on the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast so that all the people in the camp trembled in fear. That's how God spoke in the Old Testament. And now from the book of Isaiah, we read this morning, how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings great tidings glad, tidings, because this new way of speaking, this prophecy of of the Messiah, how does he speak? He doesn't speak in thunderclaps. He doesn't enlighten the sky with lightning. The first sounds of God-made man on the face of the earth, His first sound was that of a cry of a baby. Our God today is a baby. In all the ends of the earth, therefore, have seen the saving power of our God. God is like one of us. He is human. He has a heart. He has blood pressure. He has a rhythm. He knows the cold. He knows the warmth of motherly love and protection of a watchful father. The power of our God is awesome because He has broken every mistaken concept of this future Messiah. Simplicity vulnerability, coming to meet us where we are. In this beginning of this Gospel that I read from John, it's very deep, there are books written, thick theological books on just this text. So there are allusions in, in this text to the beginning, and light, and darkness. So John, the evangelist, is evoking Genesis chapter 1 and the first day of creation, insisting that with Jesus Christ, now the world has experienced a new creation, a change as fundamental as the initial transition from nothingness to existence. Yesterday, the church gave us the opportunity to read from the book of the genealogy of of Jesus, and that's in the book of Matthew. And it goes all the way to Adam. And today's, in the beginning was the word, goes all the way back, as I said, to the creation. And it's just kind of hammering the fact that Jesus is our new creation. And he has pitched his tent, that's the translation. The word was made flesh, and he pitched his tent among us. He has made his home with us. So, so what? He's made his home within us, for us, for relationship. To make new the relationship, Which was broken to make it new again between God and human beings. And that relationship was shattered by sin. So the divine plan is beyond our imagination. Jesus living among us, the world he created and recreated for relationship with him. That's all Jesus wants from us, he wants our hearts. Think about that. All Jesus wants from us is relationship. And this is the great challenge. Will human beings respond? Will men, women, boys and girls want to know and love Jesus and live according to his will for us? He came to his own, as it says here in the gospel, but his own people did not accept him. We have a choice laid before our feet every day to accept Jesus Christ as our Savior or not. It's not an easy decision because it means changing our priorities by putting God and neighbor first. And Jesus himself questioned in Luke 18, 8, questioned this disposition. When the Son of Man returns, will he find faith on earth? I hope you've dabbled into some Christmas movie these days. And of course, classic. It's A Wonderful Life. I hope you've all at least seen a, a favorite scene from it. We know the story, but I was listening to this podcast the other day about the history of It's A Wonderful Life, and they said, believe it or not, the movie flopped. It was a major flop. After all the marketing, all this marketing, posters everywhere, just You know, Jimmy Stewart, the great actor, it flopped. So they quietly took it off the the circulation and just put it on a shelf to let it store. And for 19 years, it remained unseen. Now, something that happened after 19 years and since the laws have changed, the copyright laws expired. So it was a free movie. At Christmas time, hey, there's a free movie. So networks started just putting it, NBC, CBS, ABC, It's a Wonderful Life, filling up time slots because it was free. And then that generation that had first seen it, forgot about it, the new generations had come, and something was hitting their hearts. And they wanted more of it. hits the heart when one sees it. I think because we can identify with good old George Bailey. We all struggle. There isn't one person sitting in this church that does not have a struggle, a challenge. We have all experienced broken dreams. Sometimes we feel that life has passed us by. We wonder frequently if our life really makes a difference in other people's lives, if it matters. We can experience the crushing weight of problems that seem to have no solution. We can hurt the people we love most because we have lost hope. And then there's this great uh, moment that George received. He received the grace. And that grace was divine illumination. To see one's life as if they had never existed, that that is a very profound gift. If somehow we could see that. And he never ever thought that it would have been the way he saw it. You see, life is such a gift. And each one here is a gift. Because each one here is loved by God. The Son of God has come for each one of us for relationship. And in this relationship, the human person finds flourishing. God is not our enemy. God is not the one who makes our life. He wants us to flourish, to be fully alive. That is why Christ has come, and each one is of infinite and loving value. He has come to seek and save what is lost.